In the name of God, amen. In the world of um, time management expertise, there's this practice that's recommended for everyone to kind of get into the place where we can organize our lives. And the practice is known as a mind sweep. Familiar with this, those of you who? The idea is that you sit, um, you sit yourself down in front of a blank sheet of paper or a computer screen, and you sit quietly for a few moments, and then you write or type everything that's on your mind. All the things that are on your various nagging to-do lists, in no particular order, with no sense of organization or or uh, importance, home, work, tasks, long-range, short-term, you just write them all down. The idea being, if you can just get them out of your head and onto a piece of paper, you can begin then, first of all, to organize them in some way that might make some sense to you, but most important, to clear your mind of the things that keep your mind from doing what a human mind is best created to do. In the words of um, getting things done guru David Allen, your your head is created for having ideas, not for holding them. Isn't that great? I'm going to say that again. Your head is created by our creator for having ideas, not for holding them. Dumping everything out onto a list, therefore, can have a significant effect in freeing our brains to do the creative work they were created to do. And the lists, according to this theory, are what keep us from that horrible feeling that you have when you know you're forgetting something, or you don't have the capacity to put in any kind of coherent order the things that you're going to do. So right when it's time to do your most creative thinking, you think, no, I really ought to be making chocolate chip cookies right now, right? Or checking emails when you should be doing your sermon prep or whatever time avoidance technique is your favorite one. So I'd like to propose for those of us who are followers of Jesus and leaders in his church a variation on this theme, and that is a heart sweep, a heart sweep. And whenever you are called upon whenever I am called upon to offer ourselves in ministry of any kind, be it a conversation with someone or setting down to prepare words to offer in a sermon or other context, before we enter a meeting, that we practice a heart sweep which is simply to acknowledge to ourselves and before God everything 
that's in our hearts. And just acknowledge it. Acknowledge what is in our hearts before the one, as scripture reminds us, who sees to the heart. The one unto whom no secrets are hid. And simply acknowledge. Acknowledge our strengths and our vulnerabilities. Acknowledge our excitement and our fear. Acknowledge our performance anxiety and our hate, our, our, um, our tendencies for self-disappointment. Right? Just acknowledge them. And from that place, go into wherever we are called upon to serve. Now, that doesn't mean that we are necessarily called to share everything that comes into our hearts as we acknowledge that. In fact, it's really best if we don't. (laughs) But if our work can be informed by that taking stock, even if we don't say a word of the content, what happens is everything about us from that moment on is infused with authenticity. And genuine humility and an acknowledgement of our dependence on God for all that we do. And we are much more likely to be able to meet others in their humanity if we've touched our own. For those of us in the ordained ministry, weeks like Holy Week can feel anything but holy. Or at least, for me in the parish, it was always the week before Holy Week that was the killer. But however it is that, as as one of our members said this morning, however it is that the tasks of our work can, um, can overwhelm us, even a short heart sweep can anchor us in the power that we are um, privileged to stand in and from which to speak. So, as I engage in my heart sweep this week, here are some of the thoughts that have come to me and that I'd like to share with you, most of which are quotes from other people. As I used to say from the pulpit regularly, if I have an original idea, I'll let you know. <laughs> most of them come from somewhere else. Um, here's one, actually, here's a couple from the atheist philosopher of Alan de Botton. He's really quite an extraordinary man and very spiritual. Here are two things that he has said that have stayed with me this week. We need never be ashamed of our struggles. Only the failure to make something beautiful from them. The difference between hope and despair 
lies in the different ways we can tell stories from the same facts. Isn't that interesting? If you think about the reframing that happens as we walk through this week, This is from the German poet Johann Goethe, the end of a beautiful poem. And so long as you haven't experienced this, to die and so to grow, you are only a troubled guest on this earth. And this is from the um, songwriter Kate Campbell. If you're ever in the Richmond jail with no one there to go your bail, if you've lost your way, it might help to know Jesus is the way home. If you're trying to put that whiskey down and you realize you're losing ground, there's a friend who will show you how to go. Jesus is your way home. You don't have to worry where you're at or why you're there. He knows all that. Just let the good book be your map. Because Jesus is the way home. I'd like to say uh, two other things to you all. I was. Um, I just drove my younger son to the airport this morning, and uh, he's he's our starving actor son. And um, he's been out of school now for a couple of years and trying to make his way in Chicago. And uh, so I, was, I said, I asked him. I said, Patrick, now that you're out of school and you're not surrounded by people who are evaluating you at every step, do you have people that you can seek out? for guidance and encouragement and feedback and support. And he talked a little bit about that. And my, my question is the same to all of you. Where do you go for guidance and encouragement and feedback and support? And for clergy, I think it's particularly difficult to get the third one in our life, the feedback one. I'd like to encourage you to ask for that, to ask for feedback, for 
for people to tell you honestly how your work affects them and how you might do it better. Now, it's a scary thing to do. But I tell you, even the finest of artists and athletes and leaders have people who will tell them the truth and help them to grow. And we all need that. So think about, and if I can help with that, let me know. But all you have to do is think about someone that you admire or trust and ask them for that gift. That's the first thing. And the second is like unto it. Don't be afraid to offer feedback. Honestly and in love. And look especially for the people who are coming up behind you in whatever part of life that is. And if you can't think of those people, um, think harder. Because each one of you has people who are coming up behind you. We all do. And don't be afraid to give them your best gift of knowledge and support and ways to grow. And even laterally among ourselves, we could dare to do that, couldn't we? We could. And so build up the body of Christ's leaders in this place. I would like your feedback as your bishop. I really would. And I'd like you to trust one another enough to do the same so that we could model for one another that um, the capacities that, for those of us who were blessed to hear Kara Speccarelli talk this morning, those spiritual capacities that, as we grow in them, enable us to become more Christ-like in this place. So, blessings to all of you and the communities and the families you serve this week and always. I give thanks to God for you and the privilege of serving alongside you in this wonderful place. Amen.